Welcome to Fear and Greed, the week ahead. We're back for a new year, and we're fortunate to have economist Stephen Kukoulos joining us again this year. You'll find him at thekook.com and on Twitter using the handle thekook. Stephen, how are you? Did you have a good summer break? Sean, it was terrific. It wasn't too hot. There was plenty of fantastic cricket, horse racing, tennis, relaxing. It was fantastic. I loved it. Couldn't get better. Now, I know there's such a big week coming up, but we can't jump into that just without mentioning a few things that happened last week, namely Fed Reserve Chair Jerome Powell's comments about interest rates and those inflation numbers. Incredible. It was a stunning week last week. It was a real... I hate the phrase game changer, so I'm going to use it anyway, because it did reveal that the Fed has on its agenda a lot of rate hiking to do in the US, and the market's now pricing in effectively four or five 25 basis point interest rate hikes during the course of this year. And Powell actually mentioned that they may hike at every meeting, so that would be seven hikes. Now, I don't think anybody's forecasting that just yet, but such is the inflation pressure in the US right now with a sub 4% unemployment rate in the US that the Fed is on track to hike and to hike a lot. And here in Australia, we had our inflation numbers and it was a shock. It was, frankly, the uh, headline figure at 3.5% for annual inflation was the highest it's been in quite a while. And the underlying inflation rate, which had been very low for many years, is also spiking higher. And if you annualise the second half of 2021, the last two quarters of last year, you've got annualised underlying inflation close to three and a half as well. So the RBA has a real challenge on its hands to see what it does with rates. The RBA is meeting this week tomorrow, in fact. What do you think they'll do? Oh, look, a couple of things are relatively straightforward. The bond buying program, the quantitative easing, yield curve control, whatever you want to call it, uh, that'll come to an end. They don't need to be pushing money market interest rates lower through their bond purchases. So they'll announce the ending of that program. And fair enough too, there will be a little bit of interest to see whether they just let those bonds roll off or whether they actually sell them back into the market in the months and the year ahead. But at this stage, it's just the end of the bond buying that will happen. The other critical thing is that, well, they're not going to hike rates tomorrow, mm-hmm. but they do need to signal to the market that their guidance on rate hikes in 2024 or late 2023 is obsolete and that rate hikes will be on the agenda earlier than that. So the decision for them is exactly what what month or what sort of guidance they'll give it to the start of a hiking cycle. Okay, so this week we've got the board meeting tomorrow. We've also got the Governor, Philip Lowe, talking at the National Press Club. That won't be a friendly crowd. Often (laughs) Phil Lowe finds himself in front of a reasonably friendly crowd of economists, but the Press Club won't be a friendly crowd. There's also the quarterly statement on monetary policy at the end of the week. You would think that if ever there was a chance for them to change what they're indicating, this is the week. It's a classic week, yes. The Press Club is a great chance for the formal speech from Governor Lowe to to really outline, well, in fact, it's good news. And and while, gosh, I'm loath to be critical of the RBA when they get it right, but they've hit their target for full employment basically two years earlier than they were assuming just uh, in the middle of last year, and they've reached their inflation target earlier than they were assuming. So in a sense, the RBA should be doing cartwheels. So Dr Lowe's got a chance to really celebrate the fact that he achieved his goals earlier than expected, and that's a good thing. And he also has the chance, as we were just touching on a minute ago, to say, well, hang on, the 0.1% cash rate, which has been in place for close to 18 months now, was put in place because we feared unemployment would go to 10%. We thought that inflation would remain stubbornly low for a couple of years. Now, that's wrong. 
it didn't happen. And the fact that it didn't happen is a good news story. And therefore, we're in the process of thinking about how we start to normalise interest rates. And of course, that means rate hikes. Okay. And I I suppose the word is normalise here. We're talking about rate hikes, but apart from the last two years, normal interest rates are closer to 2% probably for the official cash rate. I think that's right. And and that's what the market's pricing in, coincidentally, that, you know, when you look at the futures market and the money market traders, of course, try to anticipate what the RBA will do and they put their money where their mouth is each day and each week. And if we look at the futures strip, they have something just under two percentage points of rate hikes priced in to the latter part of 2023. So over the next two years, approximately just under two percentage points of rate hikes, which is to my mind, about right, that it's the sort of move that will have an effect in sort of slowing the economy, obviously, which is part of the objective of uh, monetary policy tightenings, but it wouldn't be the sort of draconian interest rate policy pressure that would really cause the economy to weaken too far. So that normalising, as you quite rightly sort of put in inverted commas verbally there, is really just a question of do we get rates back up to a level that's consistent with full employment, consistent with inflation in the target band. In a week like this week, when there's so much going on, some of the other data almost seems secondary, but important, you know, credit, house prices, retail sales, international trade, all interesting partial indicators. Yeah, they are. So they'll just round out what's going to be an absolute corker of a week for us economists that, you know, the house price story, we know from CoreLogic that we're going to get about another 1% month-on-month increase in house prices. So it's slowing. But if you think about 1% per month, it's still actually double-digit annual growth. So the slowdown in house prices isn't yet all that material. The other really interesting number for me will be the retail sales numbers for December. They'll have a little bit of Omicron cautious spending at the end of December, but we know from the October and November numbers that the December quarter retail sales were very buoyant. They're going to make a really hefty contribution to the December quarter GDP results. So they're probably going to be watched to see whether there's just any fading of that growth in consumer spending that was very strong in the latter part of last year. And of course, credit growth. Are we still borrowing lots of money for housing? The short answer is yes, uh, will be reflected in these numbers, but I think the pace of uh, credit growth will also start to top out in coming months. Fantastic, Stephen. Enjoy the week. Thank you, Sean. It'll be a beauty. That was economist Stephen Kukoulis, better known as The Kook. You can find him at thekook.com, T-H-E-K-O-U-K.com, and follow him on Twitter using the handle The Kook. I'm Sean Aylmer, and this is Fear and Greed, the week ahead. <laughs> 